previously on The Pagecast. Ambrosia was abducted by a wild crow, then saved by a famous rabbit magician. A coincidence? Not at all. The mysterious woman behind the attack is after the Marquis and his apprentice. Maxime steps up to defend the animals from the feathered fiend, unaware who he is truly facing. Does the rabbit's apprentice have what it takes to rescue the citizens of Mousewood? And does he have what it takes to save himself too? It's only a matter of seconds now, before we find out. Welcome to the Night of the Rabbit. The Pagecast. Book 1. The Rabbit's Apprentice. Episode 7. In which the apprentice makes a stand. Maxime wondered nervously, but the magician was nowhere to be seen. Maxime had to act fast. He thrust his wand into his belt, threw his backpack on the ground, and took his old army coat off. He knew he had to draw the crow's attention away from the animals, who were now rushing about every which way in panic. Hey, over here! He yelled at the bird waving his coat around wildly above his head. Come and get me! The crow blinked in confusion. Then it attacked. The crow plunged towards Maxime, sharp claws first, burying its talons in his coat. The boy grabbed onto the garment with both hands, hoping to keep the bird tangled up so it wouldn't attack the creatures of Mousewood. Get to safety! Maxime shouted at the animals. Desperation in his eyes, he clung onto the coat for all he was worth. The crow screeched, pecking at his eyes. Its claws tore at his coat. Its beak scratched his face. The wound, a deep gouge on his right cheek, burned like fire. The apprentice felt a wave of dizziness wash over him. The rabbit is lying. He will leave you. They all He didn't let go. He didn't dare. He had to protect the animals of Mousewood. With powerful strokes of its wings, the crow flapped into the air. Panicking, Maxime thrust his foot under a sturdy tree root to stop himself from being carried away. 
Come on, Maxim yelled out. You wouldn't dare mess with me if I were my normal size, and you know it. The crow let out a deafening screech, like the sound of a rusty saw on sheet metal. It tugged and pulled, and the tear in Maxim's coat grew larger and larger. The bird was trying to fly away, but its claws were too caught up in the fabric. The attacker beat its wings even harder, almost knocking Maxim's top hat off his head. Just wait till the Marquis gets here, he panted. Any time now would be perfect, don't you think, you feathered fiend? He tried to make himself as heavy as he could. Then, finally, the material tore. Maxime looked down. There was nothing in his hand now but a scrap of grey-brown fabric. Above him, the arrayed crow was making for the top branches of Mousewood's great beech tree. The remnants of Maxime's coat wrapped around its feet. But Maxime knew it wouldn't give up that easily. And sure enough, just a moment later, it had turned around and was plunging once more towards him and the poor folk of Mousewood. Get to cover, quick! He shouted to the animals who hadn't yet made it to the safety of the town hall. The rabbit? Stammered the mouse guard with the musket, staring at the sky in disbelief. That's impossible. He's jumped on its back. Maxime cast his eyes up to the treetops. It was true. Among the branches that hung over Mousewood's town square, he could just make out his master's red coat and long white ears fluttering in the wind. He was clinging to the crow's neck feathers, trying to wrestle it under his control. Not so fast, the Marquis cried, steering the angry bird through the gaps in the branches. I won't let you spoil our treetop festival. Maxime let out a small sigh of relief. It's really him, Jonathan, said a small voice from just behind Maxime. The Marquis de Hutto! He turned to see Hannah Mouse, accompanied by a young squirrel with a basket of freshly baked nut cookies. So you are his apprentice then? Jonathan asked in an awestruck whisper. Um, pleased to meet you, replied Maxime with a red-faced smile. The squirrel was obviously impressed. A cookie? he asked, holding out his basket. The boy took one, thanking his new acquaintance. The scent of butter and nuts wafted through the air. From up above them, came the sound of the Marquis de Hotot's laughter as the bird tried to throw him off its back. Uh, I know that laugh, 
he's about to try one of his trademark daredevil maneuvers, Maxime declared with an exhausted grin, hastily shoving Jonathan's cookie into his trouser pocket. Maxime! The Marquis shouted down. We're about to go on a little trip. A trip? wondered Hannah, biting into a nut cookie. I wish we could come with you, Maxime. The rabbit leaned forward on the crow's back, forcing it into a dive. Then he leaned back, causing the bird to pull up, swooping right over the heads of the astounded citizens of Mousewood. Now, the Marquis shouted, hold on tight. Maxime pulled his top hat down firmly onto his head. As the bird flew over him, he grabbed at his tattered coat, which was still dangling from the creature's claws. The boy was yanked off his feet and swept aloft. As the crow, the Marquis, and Maxime climbed ever higher, below them the remaining animals of Mousewood flooded out of hiding and began to cheer. Don't get ahead of yourselves, Maxime thought. We're not out of the woods yet. He was clinging to his coat so hard his fingers hurt. He didn't know how much longer he could hold on. What's wrong with this bird? He shouted to the Marquis. Aha! An excellent question! The rabbit called back from his perch on the crow's back. I think it's time we had a word with this fellow, don't you? The Marquis leaned over and peered into the crow's dark, plate-sized eye. If it lives and breathes, eat it not. Ring any bells? It looks to me like you are attempting to violate the ancient Mousewood not intended for consumption pact. A rasping caw came from the crow's beak. It sounded hungry, almost desperate. It launched into a triple barrel roll, struggling to free itself of its unwanted passengers. Maxime screamed as he circled through the air, but he held on tight. I fear we have exhausted all diplomatic avenues, the rabbit shouted down to him. We need to get the crow away from here. But where to? Maxime shouted back, panic in his voice. The Marquis looked around for a moment, then tucked on the bird's neck feathers, altering its course. A few seconds later, they were bearing down on the trunk of the great beech tree behind the Mousewood Town Hall and picking up speed. Look out! Maxime called. The tree! A fantastic specimen, isn't it? The Marquis replied. But we have no time to marvel at the wonders of nature. Quickly, open the portal. Me? Frantic, Maxime looked down at the magic wand in his belt. His coat, still wrapped around the crow's claws, was the only thing preventing him from falling to his doom. 
and it was taking every bit of strength he had to keep his grip on it. Can't you do it? He appealed. My hands are a little busy right now. You don't need the wand. The Marquis shouted to him. Use your thoughts to form the spell. Is this really the best time for a lesson? Maxime yelled back. Trust me, the rabbit replied. Nothing is impossible. There was no time left to argue. The tree trunk was rushing towards them. This rabbit is crazy, Maxime muttered to himself. But be that as it may, he did trust the Marquis. The boy closed his eyes and imagined himself drawing the sign of the tree walkers with his wand. Two circles, one above the other, just the right distance apart. Two treetops. Then a horizontal line dividing them. Then another line, vertical this time, connecting the two circles and breaking the horizontal division. Portal trees, which cross the boundaries of time and space. In his mind, Maxime heard again the words the Marquis had spoken to him a few weeks after they had first met. On the day they discovered his parents' grave. The day Maxime had wanted to give up hope. To give up on life itself. The day the rabbit had taken Maxime on as his apprentice. Infinite places, times and possibilities. Where shall your path take you, Maxim Zarov? Yes, you did it! The Marquis's words, the Marquis in the here and now, pulled Maxim back to the present. The boy opened his eyes and saw that it was true. Floating in front of them was the sign of the tree walkers. The crows streaked through the magic sigil and the bark of the tree began to glow. A portal took shape in the wood. The scent of hot resin filled the air. Electricity crackled all around them, causing Maxime's hair to stand on end. I hope our cantankerous friends in the mood for a holiday! The rabbit shouted. Then, a moment later, both bird and magicians made contact with the tree trunk. The portal's light swallowed them, and for a moment, Maxime felt like he was falling through a wall of warm honey. The path to 
listening to The Night of the Rabbit, The Pagecast. The Pagecast was written and narrated by me, Matt Kemke. Special thanks to Ian Farrell for the English translation, to Thilo Alpermann for our music, to Aljoscha Jelinek, Corinna Ertl and Sebastian Kemke for providing invaluable feedback, and to Corinna Ertl for performing our Pagecast theme song. Also, special thanks to Olga Azu Andrienko and Simone Schmöl Grünewald for our main cover artwork. The Night of the Rabbit is an adventure game I wrote a long time ago and which you can play right now. Just follow the link in the show notes. But you don't need to know the game to listen to this podcast, which expands the story from the game. The episodes of this pagecast are chapters from the book I'm currently writing in my spare time. If you want to support the pagecast and the novel, you can do that. You will find the links in the show notes. In two weeks' time, the pagecast returns with episode 8, in which we walk between worlds. <laughs>